1: Angie's List is now Angie, your home for everything home. Angie still has the same top pros and reviews you've counted on for more than 20 years. Only now, you'll also get access to all the tools you need to make your home a happy place. Inside, outside, big or small, Angie helps you find the right solution for whatever you need done. Live by Live has all of your favorite music, and you can listen for free. Whether you hit play on one of our hundreds of curated music stations or create your own custom artist radio station, you'll find the music you love on Live by Live. Visit LiveXLive.com or search LiveX Live in the App Store or Google Play and listen for free now.
2: It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any. Ross Tucker football podcast. It is a finish strong Friday. Even my daughters know that what that means now kick some butt in school so you can enjoy the weekend finish strong Friday and is presented by you guys. The people that try to become winners because that's what we want on Fridays. We want winners. I want winners. I want people that want to win. You know who definitely wants to win. Andre Yeager. And you know, Bri, he's won before. He's probably won multiple times. But I looked at yesterday's Fantasy Feast podcast that you posted at RTF Podcast that I retweeted at Ross Tucker NFL. Joe Dolan retweeted at FG underscore Dolan. Only one other person, when I looked at it, retweeted it. And that was Andre Yeager. Andre Yeager is so consistent, so awesome, so loyal, and I appreciate it. So Andre, you win again. I think this is the third time you've won, but you win again. I look, you retweet everything, bro, and like everything. And I think you set notifications so that every time Brian tweets, you're on it. I love you, dude. I love Andre Yeager. So anyway, Andre, let me know what you want this time. Um, I'm running out of press passes. I'll get into that momentarily. But I do have football cards. I do have pictures. So I'm looking, speaking of press passes, one of the winners this week is Tony Deville. He is the sponsor confirmation email winner. He was the first person to send me a sponsor confirmation email. With 100 flowers And remember, you click on the radio icon, you put in the code FOOTBALL, and the first 12 or whatever it is, I am giving away. I'm giving you one of the press passes. You're automatically a winner. Tony's the one I'm announcing, but you're automatically a winner. I've got Hawaii versus Army. I don't know if you want that one or not. Tony, retired Navy. My NBC pass. Some awesome Pennsylvania high school ones. Rice, Wake Forest. Buffalo, um, I've got a bunch of awesome exhibitor passes, um, an RT Media pass. i got a lot of cool stuff that I can give out. So um, I even have, ooh, these might. I don't even know if these qualify as press pass, but I've got my National Football League players card and my PA players card. I don't know if I'm going to count those. I don't think those are really press passes or not, but those might be pretty cool to have. Actual card that says you're an NFL player. Not too shabby. So remember, I think I've got four down. So eight more of you can still win when you go to 100flowers.com, click on the radio icon in the upper right, put in the code football, order the tulips or whatever for your mom or grandma or whatever, and send them to me, ross at rosstucker.com. Next eight guys are all automatic winners, although we're all kind of automatic winners, aren't we? When it's a Finish Strong Friday, and we've got Greg Cosell. It's big show time. The big show. All right, Greg, before we get into some of the draft picks, and primarily some of the second and third round draft picks, that I want to get your thoughts on the player, the fit. We obviously talked about the first round a week ago. People can go back and listen to that if they missed it somehow. RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts are found. I want to first get your thoughts on Andy Dalton. What is he as a player at this stage of his career? And has his play declined? I think I asked you that about uh, Aaron Rodgers last week. Has Andy Dalton's play declined or has it been the people around him that have declined.
3: I would argue that Andy Dalton is probably always what he has been. And I think people in the league know what he has been. He's kind of a system quarterback, which again is not a negative, He's not a high, high level talent, but I think if he has a good O line, which they clearly did not have in Cincinnati, arguably among the worst in the league, and he has a run game and quality skill position players, he can be an efficient NFL quarterback, which is exactly what he's been throughout his NFL career. I mean, he was a playoff quarterback for years and years. Obviously, people always talked about the fact that he didn't win a playoff game, but the fact is he was a winning quarterback. He put up good numbers. Uh, A number of years ago, he was on track to arguably the league MVP when he got hurt after 12 or 13 games. So I think if you put him in a good situation with a good O-line, and quality people around him, and a good defense, because he's certainly not the kind of quarterback, Ross, that that you can say, hey, let's drop back 40, 45 times, and you're going to have to put up 30 every week. He's not that guy. But I think if, if the situation is correct, he can be an efficient and effective NFL quarterback.
0: Greg, off the top of your head, and I'm not asking you to rank him or whatever, do you feel like, do you think he's middle of the pack, bottom yep. third? You know, just just thinking in your head where where he is sort of in the echelon of quarterbacks in the league.
3: Well, again, I think that they're a little different stylistically, but wouldn't you probably say that you would look at him in the same way you would look at Kirk Cousins?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, I I guess I feel like Cousins is is better, but I, I think Andy Dalton may be a poor man's Cousins. Maybe that's unfair. I don't know.
3: Um, yeah, but I think they're stylistically skill set wise, what they need around them to be effective are, are probably pretty similar.
0: Interesting. All right. I can see that. Yeah. Well, and listen, Jay Gruden's coached them both. And as we record this this morning, there's some speculation that maybe Andy Dalton will go to Jacksonville and Jay Gruden will get to coach him again. What do you think of his fit? We know his fit. With Jay Gruden's offense, what do you think his fit would be like in New England?
3: Uh, You know, I I think one of the things about New England is that they play to who they have. I don't think Belichick or Josh McDaniels is beholden to one style of play. We think that's the case because they had Tom Brady for 20 years. But I remember speaking to Josh McDaniels years ago and him telling me that he changed things up significantly when they got Randy Moss. So uh, I don't think they're beholden to one style of play. I think if they were truly interested in Andy Dalton, and of course we don't know that, then they would uh, they would have made a a very detailed study of what Andy Dalton is in their mind and that their pass game and their offense would would work toward that so he could be most effective.
0: So let's get into the draft a little bit. And I want to start with Jalen Hurts. And I guess I want to start with Jalen Hurts the player. I know we talked about him. Right. You know, during the pre-draft process, but for a refresher course, since, you know, that was a surprise pick for a lot of people, myself included. I wasn't expecting that. What do you think of of Jalen Hurts as a quarterback p- prospect?
3: Uh, I think Jalen Hurts is present some interesting uh, traits and some traits that would have to clearly be worked on if he were to be a starting NFL quarterback. But having said that, I think what you have to decide if Jalen Hurts is your quarterback is are you essentially running a more traditional NFL offense and just adding in run game elements, adding in a few more than you would with other quarterbacks or are you thinking more in terms of a Lamar Jackson type offense where the foundational philosophy of the offense is built on the the quarterback as a runner? So I think you would have to make that decision first and foremost in college. He was in a highly schemed offense that created a ton of conflict for the defense and resulted in a lot of defined reads and throws There were a ton of design quarterback runs, a ton. Gap schemes, zone read, RPOs, inside zone, draws, sweeps. Hertz has the traits of a powerful one-cut downhill runner. If you're looking at him as a pocket player, uh, he's not a natural passer. He's got a tendency to lengthen his delivery and slow down his arm speed when there's a little pressure. He's not a guy that settles comfortably in the pocket. There's a lot of wasted movement and unnecessary movement. He does have a tendency to move when he perceives and anticipates pressure. Of course, the flip side of that, Ross, is he could then run for 15 yards, and you probably say, "Good play, Jalen." Uh, but so there are strengths and there's weaknesses. But he's—you have to decide what he is, and, and can you put both of those together? And that's that, that would remain to be seen.
0: What about uh, the part of him? As sort of uh, being able to help in other ways or in another role, people have mentioned Lamar Jackson. Heck, the Eagles have mentioned Lamar Jackson as a rookie, or or Taysom Hill. You know, I, I guess I look at it, and you know, Lamar Jackson's crazy fast, um, and Taysom Hill, you know, he's like a gunner. You know, I mean, he's like on special teams, and I mean, he's doing a lot of different things. When you see Hertz, do you see a guy? that you think can fill other roles now other than quarterback?
3: Uh, I mean, we don't know that. Um, You know, I think that there's probably a fascination with the Eagles with with being able to put two guys who can throw the ball on the field at one time. Uh, Keep in mind, last year toward the end of the season, there were games in which Taysom Hill played 28, 30 snaps a game. So Taysom Hill was not just used as a gimmick last year. Um, You know, look. I don't I don't believe, and let's assume that there's a normal training camp. I don't believe there's a quarterback competition for the Eagles. Uh, Carson Wentz would be the starting quarterback and, and unless he gets injured. Uh, and, of course, the Eagles are thinking that because he has not finished each of the last three seasons. Um, so I think initially they would see Hertz as someone who could be on the field in certain packages. But when you draft a quarterback, and that's what he ultimately is, a quarterback in the second round – then I think there's, there's a, a definite concern about Wentz's health, and there's probably a sense that he could end up being our starting quarterback at some point down the road.
0: And it sounds like, Greg, if, if that's the case, um, you believe, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, that they'd be best served to have an offense that really focuses on, on him and the run game.
3: Yeah. Then it comes down to the mix and match part, you know, because, uh, you know, the thing that that I think the Ravens offense showed us and let's put aside Lamar Jackson's phenomenal running ability. Obviously, that's where it starts in terms of the structural foundation. But what the result of that is that defense is are so challenged and have to play a certain way that the pass game by NFL standards becomes so much easier for the quarterback uh, because there are so many defined easy throws relative to just a normal pass game, you know, with a drop back type quarterback. So I think, the Eagles probably saw that. I know Marty Morningwig is on the Eagles staff. If memory serves me correctly, was he in Baltimore, Ross, when they drafted uh, Lamar Jackson? He might have been. Was. I can't remember. Yep. But I know he was in Baltimore at one point. Um, so I'm sure that there's that element as well. Marty probably bringing some expansive uh, uh, thinking to what the Eagles wanted to do. Uh, because when it's a second-round pick, like I said, that's not a throwaway. That's not a gimmick pick.
0: So let's get into some of these other guys, uh, Greg. Um, I thought it was interesting if you look at the contract for Taysom Hill and $16 million in 2021, but then they also signed Jameis Winston to a one-year $1.1 million deal in New Orleans. Have you seen, whether it's preseason or regular season, have you seen enough from Taysom Hill to think that he could be a starting quarterback in the NFL.
3: Well, then you get into the same point we just discussed with Jalen Hurts. Uh, is if I, I can't? No, my answer to that would be no. I don't know. Then I did not see him in college, so I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I think you get into the same discussion. Um, you know, I know a lot of people believe Hill is a, has a good arm, can throw the football. Um, he, he, you have to decide then what kind of offense you're going to run. If you decide to make Taysom Hill your starting quarterback, it will not be the the Drew Brees offense in a strict sense. So, uh, you know, I guess if you have those kinds of players, maybe teams would start thinking in, in moving in that direction because of the stress it puts on defenses.
0: Um, some of the other skill guys I want to get to with you, I, I thought it was interesting. They have such a good track record of drafting wide receivers. The Pittsburgh Steelers went with Chase Claypool. Yeah. And so before we even talk about the Steelers fit, what did you see from Claypool watching him? Uh,
3: I I think I'm in the minority because I did not love him on tape. And you know me, Ross. That's all I'm going by. You know, (laughs) there's nothing more than that. Um, You know, I don't think. I don't think he played to his 40 yard dash time at the combine and other than his speed and certainly his size. Yes. Can he go up and get the ball? Does he have a wide catch radius with, with really good body control? Yes. Um, but I I thought he was a very straight line guy. I thought he was pretty stiff. He's not a sudden or explosive athlete. He's kind of a one speed guy. Uh, he's not a guy who's going to get in and out of breaks with a whole lot of quickness. So I viewed him as a guy that in terms of route separation and separation quickness at the top of his stems, that that, that's something he would need to significantly work on. Can he be effective on back shoulder throws and can he go up and get the ball as a contested catch receiver? Yes. Uh, does that make him a vertical receiver in the NFL? Maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, I think he profiles best as kind of a big slot, uh, and or a movement-schemed receiver who can kind of, you know, work the middle of the field at times. He's got a big body and good hands. You know, when I finished watching him, I said to myself, I think there are tight ends in the NFL who move better than Chase Claypool.
0: Wow, that's really interesting. That's real. That that's really interesting, Greg, because I looked at him, and I see the size, and I saw a video of him just killing people as a blocker, and I thought, Well, he's already a more willing blocker than some of these guys that are playing tight end. Why not? Why not move him to tight end? But it doesn't sound like that's what the Steelers want to do.
3: Well, yeah. And again, we don't know what they're going to do, and and we don't know what they're going to do formationally, and and where he lines up. But uh, yeah, I I didn't. You know, I know people were blown away because he mastered the combine, but I I did not feel like just watching his tape that that he stood out to me.
0: Well, what about another big wide receiver that went in the second round? And that's Michael Pittman to the Colts.
3: Well, Michael Pittman is a guy that I absolutely loved his tape. And um, he was one of those guys for me that even though I knew who he was, you know, obviously USC being on the West Coast, he was kind of virgin territory for me as far as, as, as what kind of player he was. I thought he was one of the best receiving prospects in the draft class. I think he's got size, play speed, hands, competitiveness, run after catch. I think he can line up all over the formation. Um, you know, I think he can be your big boundary X receiver. Uh, I don't think he's as explosive as Mike Evans, but I think he's not that far off overall. Um I made a comparison as well, and of course, that's, this gets people thinking that I think he's the exact player and that he's going to catch 140 balls, but I could see him being used in a similar style as Michael Thomas, and people need to remember that Michael Thomas was a second-round pick. Um, his competitiveness reminds me of Thomas. Um, you know, his size made some people think of Cortland Sutton, but I, I liked Pittman's college tape more than I like Sutton's college tape, so I think Pittman is a really, really good prospect.
0: Wow, I like it. Um, What about – this one surprised me, Greg. It really did. A.J. Dillon in the second round to the Green Bay Packers. I guess, first of all, just him as a player. And then, second of all, in the offense that Matt LaFleur wants to run.
3: Well, Matt LaFleur wants to run an offense – like Kyle Shanahan's offense that starts with the run game and that everything works off that. The pass game principles and concepts work off the run game. So let's just look at him as a player. I was really, really intrigued watching him. I mean, clearly, he, he, we know how a lot of people feel about running backs in today's NFL, and, and we're not going to have that conversation. But Dylan fits the profile of kind of the classic, downhill, workmanlike, efficient, methodical, sustaining, powerful eye back. That's what he is, and he's good at it. He's got lighter feet than you would think. He's got lighter feet than Derrick Henry. Now, he's not as explosive as Derrick Henry. They weigh about the same. He's not as long-speed explosive as Derrick Henry, but in confined space, he has lighter feet. He's laterally quicker than his size would suggest, and he's kind of smooth, uh, and he's certainly will drop his shoulder and then take on people and run over people. He's a challenge to tackle. He runs with velocity. He runs with power. Again, it just comes down to what your view of that back is in today's NFL. And for a lot of people, they immediately see him get drafted in the second round and think the Packers are idiots. But, you know, I'm just telling you what the player is and we know what Matt LaFleur wants to do. So now it becomes a discussion for people of, of Matt LaFleur and his philosophy, not the player.
0: So, Here's what I don't understand about that. When I think of the Shanahan's and that offense, I guess I think of the one cut guy, who's yeah. especially in San Francisco, who's really got some speed. You know, you, I, you know, right now they got Tevin Coleman and and Mostert, and they had Brita, and I, I just don't think like I don't think bigger back. I you know in that offense.
3: Right, but I think the point is is they want to run the ball. And I think when you look at Dylan, he's probably an inside mid-zone runner and a gap scheme runner. That's what Dylan is. He did run outside a good amount at BC. I'm not sure that would be his strength in the NFL. But if you're looking for the inside zone, the mid-zone, and the gap scheme and have your pass scheme work off those principles, that's what Dylan is um and he's good at it so again now you get into the larger debate of of the run game in the nfl but i think that's what matt lafleur wants to do
0: yes that 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 i guess is is the point i would make is i i look at him as i don't look at him as an outside zone guy and i do look at you know the shanahan offense is still being outside zone so it's an interesting fit for me i'll be curious to see how he does um One more guy I definitely wanted to ask you about, Greg, because there's another pick that I was a little bit surprised by just given their other needs and what they had done this offseason. That's Cole Komet, the tight end from Notre Dame to the Chicago Bears.
3: Yeah, and I think Komet is your classic kind of solid player. Uh, I don't think there's any special traits. Um, I think he's just a really solid type player. Um, and I think, you know, he's a good inline blocker. He's a good short-to-intermediate receiver. Yes, can he run the seam? Yeah, but he's not explosive running the seam. Um, he played a ton in, in conventional line of scrimmage tight end alignments. He's he's kind of an execution-efficient player. He showed consistent ability to block in the run game and effectively worked the short-to-intermediate levels in the pass game. Um, I would say by NFL standards, he's not a higher-level tight end athlete, um, so he's he's just, you know... I mean, I kind of looked at him and thought a little bit of Dallas Goddard, but I thought Goddard possessed a little higher level athletic movement traits when he came out of college. So to me, that's kind of what call commit is.
0: What you are, Greg, is an absolute stud. Highly encourage people to follow you on Twitter at Greg Cosell. You retweet when you're going to be somewhere or when you have been somewhere. And also your scouting reports now available at fantasy points Dot com. I told people yesterday in the Fantasy Feast podcast with Joe Dolan, they can use the code FEAST. And right now, fantasypoints.com is free. But eventually, you know, when the pandemic's behind us, there will be a, a premium subscription that you can have. And if you use the code FEAST, you get a discount. So when you go sign up for a free account right now in the promo code box, make sure you put the code FEAST in. Greg, thanks so much for the time as always.
3: Thanks, Russ. Appreciate it.
0: It is unbelievable, Bri, how many notes I take when Greg Cosell talks. I've got quotes down on Jalen Hurts, Andy Dalton, Chase Claypool, A.J. Dillon, so good. And of course, we turn a lot of these into audiograms That you guys can enjoy them again. Or people that don't listen to the show. Shame on them. Can enjoy them on our social media platforms. At RTF Podcast. At Ross Tucker NFL. On Twitter. At RTF Podcast. On Instagram. And Facebook.com. Slash Ross Tucker NFL. Because they are so. So good. Almost as good. As during Mother's Day. Ordering. 30 assorted tulips for 20% off the original price at 1-800-Flowers.com. Listen, we know what's going on with social distancing and the quarantine. Um, I want to hug my mom more than anything in the world. I want to hug my wife's grandmas, Oma and Phyllis. That's what I call them. But it's just not able to do it right now. It's a truly unique and difficult time. And so I think one thing I believe, and I do it for Valentine's Day as well, is that every woman in your life deserves to have some pretty flowers around for Mother's Day. All of them. Every mother in your life. So I've already ordered four. got one or two other ones in mind. I do it every time because I just think someday, like, my wife's grandmothers are not going to be around, and I'm going to be so glad I did it. Every Valentine's Day, every Mother's Day. Order 30 tulips for 39.99. Go to 1-800-flowers.com. It's unbelievably easy once you do it once, because then you have their address in there and stuff. Click the radio icon. Enter code football. That's 1-800-flowers.com. Code football. This particular offer ends today, so if you want the 30 tulips for 39.99 offer, go ahead, get it today. Uh, just make sure you use the code FOOTBALL, and uh, pretty awesome. pretty awesome. Oh, by the way, about eight more of you, after you do it, we will get a press pass, one of the ones I named. So get it today and forward it to me, Ross at com.
2: Well, the big news, obviously, you talked about it with Greg. The Bengals releasing longtime starting quarterback Andy Dalton, which paves the way for Joe Burrow to start.
0: Right. Well, we knew, th- I-, I figured this was going to happen. They're not going to keep a guy like Andy Dalton as a backup for $17.5 million. I mean, that would go against anything and everything that the Bengals represent. And I- I'll tell you this much. I give the Bengals a lot of credit. Evidently, Andy Dalton wanted to be released, and they granted him that release. That's how they feel about him. And they should. You take him as a second-round pick, After Carson Palmer essentially gave the big middle finger to the organization, said he wasn't going to show up. So the Bengals go ahead and they're like, okay. And they take Andy Dalton and he starts from week one as a second round pick and leads him to the playoffs the next five years. I wrote this on Twitter, Bri. It got a lot of attention. It really bothers me how many people, I don't want to swear on the show, how many people poop. On Andy Dalton and just criticize him and make fun of him dude nine years eighty three million dollars five straight playoff berths. he's not Mahomes he's not Tom Brady guess what it's really hard to be those guys he's a good quarterback he's been one of the 20 best quarterbacks in the NFL for 10 years you know how hard that is to be I mean it, it cracks me up it's not the people by the way that are high achievers in life that say that Andy Dalton sucks it's the people who aren't achieving anything in their own life that say Andy Dalton sucks. How about a little positivity? How about something other than you're like the awesomest, best champion or you suck culture? that's just so, so disappointing and it's so unrealistic.
2: Ducks takes.
0: Some other transactions include the Eagles signing
2: running back Corey Clement, Bears signed wide receiver Ted Ginn Jr., and safety Tayshawn Gibson. Dolphins cut defensive end Taco Charlton, and Jameis Winston signed with the Saints as expected for just $1.1 million.
0: So the Eagles needed a back after Corey Clement. Understandable. I mean, after the draft, they wanted a vet. Corey Clement's been banged up the last couple years, but in the Super Bowl year, he really did some awesome things for the franchise. And I think bringing him back makes sense, given that, you know, what else they've got there. Bears wanted another speed receiver. Gibson had just gotten released. Taco Charlton, wow. Think about that. The Cowboys took him. They could have taken J, uh, TJ Watt. It's unbelievable how much a difference little moves like that make. Not even little moves, I guess, their first-round picks. And Jameis Winston signing with the Saints for $1.1 million. That is unbelievable to me. You know, I think he, he feels like he's going to learn a lot from Drew Brees and Sean Payton. I don't know. To me, that's a little bit insulting to, like, Dirk Cutter and Bruce Arians. Like, Dirk Cutter's a well-respected offensive coach, as is Bruce Arians. He's had two different coaches that have taught him a lot. Like, this idea that he's going to work with Sean Payton and then have this epiphany is kind of comical. Um, so, uh, I, I just, I don't really get it. I guess he's trying to position himself to be the heir apparent to breeze, but contractually it feels like Taysom Hill kind of has a better shot at that. And I just don't know what the market is for Jameis Winston after this year, if he doesn't play at all, right? I mean, how many teams need quarterbacks? There's going to be Trevor Lawrence, going to be Justin Fields. I don't know. I, I I would have tried to go somewhere where he could play, but maybe he didn't really have very many options in that regard.
2: A couple of players in the news for the wrong reasons include Chiefs cornerback Rashad Breland and former Jags linebacker Teldon Smith.
0: Some of these guys, I, I just don't get it. I never will. Breland was arrested on like five charges, you know, marijuana possession, driving with an open container, etc. I mean, on the surface, none of the charges look like it's like, you know, he's the worst human being in the world, but he's had issues before. And I don't know if there was a resisting arrest in there or something I, I read. And the Chiefs need him at corner. I mean, they just re signed him for a reason. They need him. Then you've got Telvin Smith, this guy. I mean, first of all, he quits on the Jaguars before last season for no reason and leaves like $11 million on the line, you know, on the table, which I don't understand. And if his reason was, you know, physically or whatever, he just wanted to retire. That's fine. That's not what he said. He said he was going to take a year off. I don't get it. And then he gets arrested for illegal sexual activity with minors. Are you kidding me? I mean, it's like you had life by the, you know what? He had made a lot of money, was having a really nice career. And then he, I don't know how that happened. I don't know what happened there. But now his life's, you know, he's going from having a chance to have an awesome life to now he's going to have maybe have a, an awful life pretty quickly. In league
2: news, Roger Goodell has reduced his salary to zero for the time being while other employees are taking pay cuts and furloughs Even though the NFL, the league itself, signed a new three-year deal with Amazon to stream Thursday Night Football and have exclusivity for one Saturday
0: game. Funny, right? That, you know, they want that exclusivity for one game is a big deal because I think they feel like they'll get a bunch of people that'll sign up for Amazon Prime or whatever just for that one game. Just so they can watch that one game. I don't know how many people actually do that, but I think that's a big part of this for them is that they want that one game exclusivity. On a Saturday, it's a standalone game, and it's gonna be only on Amazon, which is interesting. Probably a big portion of that. You know, I'd be curious, everybody's hurting right now. All ad based entities are hurting. I guess I would just be curious to know. Like the T V deals are in place. They they had free agency in the draft. They did this Amazon, like how much money is the NFL really losing so far? Maybe some sponsors have dropped out for this season, or maybe they're just, this is an anticipation of losing the ticket revenue. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how many people are taking furloughs or whatever. I do know this. A lot of people are hurting, and maybe the NFL is like, okay, well, we can use this as a time to furlough people that we don't really need for a couple months. Who knows? I know this. A lot of you are missing sports. Sports. That's why, thankfully, I can tell you about Bet Online. They've got online casino to poker and blackjack. I know a lot of people like to go to casinos. They're not able to right now. Bring the casino to you. Plus, if you're missing the NFL specifically, they have live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can wager on. Visit our good friends, an exclusive partner at Podcast One, Bet Online. To take advantage of the best bonuses in the business, sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code podcast1 for your sign up bonus. Again, betonline.ag. Don't forget the promo code podcast1 for your sign up bonus. Bet Online, they are your online sports book experts. And that was an awesome, awesome Ross Tucker football podcast have a very special guest for you on Monday. He's been on the show before. He just retired, uh, and he's a friend of the program, and I don't think he's done like an interview since he retired. James, a.k.a. Jimmy Devlin, 10-year NFL fullback, will join us on Monday's show. Really, really looking forward to it. Get some of your email questions in, ross at Rostucker.com. And for Mother's Day, remember, you can get the press pass if you send it in quickly, 100flowers.com, code football, or there's still time to get a story from myfrontpagestory.com. Shout out to dynastyfreaks.com, nflcliches.com, pizza boy brewing, and the white label group. Other than that, have a great weekend, everybody. Finish strong. It's a finish strong Friday. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple
3: Podcasts,
2: Rostucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.